0: Good morning, everybody. This is Left Look. Um, I'm joined this morning by my two best friends, DJ. Howdy, partner. And Jacob.
1: Hello, brothers.
0: And yeah, it's Sunday uh, the 23rd. July 23rd. Thank you. Can't read the date for some reason. Um, It's
2: all those numbers. They should just spell it out.
0: It's 9.07 in the morning.
2: Yeah, what the heck.
0: Which is this double. isn't the,
2: this isn't the hour when leftists are awake. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we like to sleep in mm. well past this. Uh-huh,
2: uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And noon until midnight; those are our peak hours of revolting. <laughs> and I won't tell you what kind.
0: Yeah Jacob, how are, how are
1: you? I'm doing. I, uh, you know, I'm not at my best at this early in the morning so i hope i uh, yeah. i live up to expectations which are you know through the floor low <laughs> so like yeah suspiciously be fine. quiet basement yeah, dwelling
2: expectations
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i wanted to start this week um, with our weekly apology segment and uh, i wouldn't i this one's going to be a little strange for everybody cuz i used the word fjord several weeks ago mm-hmm. meaning the word ford And then in the interim, my friend DJ here used the word similarly. And I can't remember if it was in an episode that isn't posted yet or when we were just playing video games, but, uh, Ford is the word when you're trying to cross a river Mm -hmm. as I, as I corrected him later, (laughs) even though he was using the word that I used (laughs) and a fjord is in reference to Scandinavia, how they have lots of little inlets that you can sail into. And that's basically the only places that you can live. But anyways, not a fjord, but a ford. A
2: fjord involves like a valley, too, doesn't it? Something like that, like yeah. a depression in the land. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's like a, a gouge out of the land that you can sail into and farm a little bit, nice subsistence-wise, off of. Good on them. Mm-hmm. It's Viking. Uh, if you've seen the Vikings show, it's just called Vikings mm. with Travis Fimmel. It's a, uh, it's all the uh, landscape, the uh, geology in that movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> We love our favorite TV show.
0: Um,
1: um, Julian, it, this is Left Look, isn't
0: it? It's Left Look, the premier independent podcast from the Gâteau Institute, where we will be taking a look at Canadian and international arts, culture, and entertainment to provide you with an unbiased left-wing perspective. Voici le podcast indépendant par excellence to the Institute Gatot, who nous examinerons Art, la culture et le divertissement canadien et international pour vous offrir perspective impartial et de gauche.
1: Hmm. Uh you know, I did the apology segment out of order. I was am in the Wikipedia page for our movie review this week. Oh, yeah. And just trying to figure out things that I'm gonna say about this movie. But like Oof. I uh, I don't know where to begin it. <laughs> and, but I am sorry for not paying enough attention that I did the bits out of order. That is sad. You got a
0: you got a double apology bet this week. As long yeah. <laughs> as long as it's in the first ten minutes, I think I'm happy. Yeah, I think yeah.
1: Charles is happy, too. It's hard to tell with Charles. So, mm-hmm. Speaking of viewers, this week we decided to do another movie review. Uh, now that I and DJ have recommended a movie, our very own Julian decided to recommend this week's movie, mm-hmm. and it is a 1974 thriller, and it is called <laughs> The Parallax View.
0: Is it billed as a thriller?
2: Yeah,
1: That's Yeah, fine. I don't know
2: what else it would be billed as. Yeah.
1: Those, uh, uh, you know what, I don't want to spoil too much but go ahead talk about it for a bit well
2: i mean it can't be an action movie because there's not a lot of action happening it could be drama it could be right drama i think i think the main sticking point there is that 90 percent of the movie is just tension Mm -hmm. yeah and uh there's just zero release there's a
1: release in fact i i really wish the movie had been a commercial And then the, uh, the two scenes with the, uh, the board, the, uh, the board of people who are giving the news announcement Mm -hmm. because the movie, that's how the movie opens. There's, there's, it's, I think they're senators or representatives or something like that. And they're all wearing suits and they're up on like a judge's stand and they're talking down to a news, a news press conference. And they're like, uh we are investigating the incident of the shooting of May 19th, and we have been investigating it for six months. These are our findings. There will be no questions at this time. And it's really dark, and it's really ominous. And then there's a movie, and then on the other end, they do it again, only for the events that you just witnessed, only you know that those are not the conclusions that just happened. Mm -hmm. That's not just what happened, right? Mm -hmm. And so my whole view of it is that it should have been a commercial it should have been it could have been an infomercial even that the government is crooked and evil and people need to be <laughs> wary at the very least
0: it could have been an infomercial
1: it could i suppose in that vein it is like a
2: i guess it's kind of propaganda in a way but huh that's weird to think about
0: you think it's propaganda
2: i, I you could construe it as that one could construe it as that
1: Oh, like, no, I think that it, it's properly construed as that because all propaganda, sorry, all counterculture is now propagandized right. and is, uh, you know, serialized and itemized for your, uh, consumption, mm-hmm. right? Like the, uh, the, f- yeah, sorry, kind of lost my train there. That's
2: all right. Yeah. Uh, the that's train, the train just sometimes departs the station and
1: you miss it. Yeah, but that that's the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the addition of uh, horkheimer and adorno who were uh th- this is going to be good i swear even though it sounds dry uh-huh. the uh horkheimer and adorno were the uh, founders of something called the frankfurt school uh-huh. and the frankfurt uh-huh. school was Sorry. german jew yeah they were german jews in uh in germany when when the nazis started to take over in 33 could i could
2: i guess that they were based out of frankfurt
1: uh i'm not sure on that i huh. think they made I'll have frankfurt. to look
2: all right
1: yeah, they invented Frank. Oh, crazy! I love their sausages. And, and yeah, while they were doing the philosophy, they invented this uh, the hot dog as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyways, <laughs> they're very important to the history of philosophy because they invented something called critical theory, and um, the uh, critical theory is in the news a lot nowadays because critical theory was done in the 80s and the 90s, readapted to be critical race theory, mm. and. And so, critical theory originally was thinking about how music and art and culture and how they, uh, what's it called, reinforce the superstructure, the uh, the ant colony, the 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 government at large, and um, that's what they did. They they analyzed uh, paintings and music mostly, but then uh, critical race theory is just applying legal. Uh, Applying that same logic to uh, the legal structure to see how it affects the particular uh, people—not you know just these uh, ivory tower Jews who are living in academia, right—but like the particulars of everyday people, especially uh, people of color, mm. right. But, anyways, I was gonna say that the uh, the fact that counterculture is all uh, you know available for your easy consumption. Uh, is evidence of the fact uh, that uh, race critical race theory has gone too far. <laughs> that was the end of that. Bit. Well, you know, you... Sorry, I, I know I winded to it, but... <laughs> you got
2: there. You didn't All need right. the train. You got there on your own yeah. two feet.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: that is a valid nice. point.
1: I thought it was funny, at least. Well,
2: it's it's interesting you bring that up as a piece of consumption because. I had one heck of a time finding this film. <laughs> did you? It was it was tricky. Granted, uh, in in the film's defense, I was spe- I was misspelling parallax ninety percent of the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> and once I did spell yeah. it with two L's, uh, I got some I got better results.
1: Yeah. Whenever there's a one R or two R's and then another double letter in a word, I have to create a new uh, metonym or whatever the uh, a new little mental device mm-hmm. to help me remember it or i'll just never remember yeah. it yeah, sometimes if, it's just not worth it
0: if you asked me to spell the word parallel right now i would i think i'd just kill myself
1: mediterranean oh no for thanks. decades yeah <laughs> not two me. hours there there are two hours okay. in mediterranean that's
2: why i use microsoft
1: word
0: microsoft word
2: but
1: anyway
0: <laughs> it's your friend i'm to you by microsoft
1: uh at my school the uh they turn off all spell check for exams. That's, Isn't that's that fun? <laughs> that's just. Isn't that stupid? That's
2: pretty dumb. I mean, I get it, but also, grow up, I don't get grow it. Up.
1: I don't get. I don't get it at all. I uh, I wish I could be in the room when some of these com- someone like me needs to be in the room for conversations like this because mm. I feel like everyone is shackled by uh, uh what's it called, politeness or uh, whatever. Yeah, no politeness is what I'm looking okay. for, like uh wokeness. No, just being very calm and casual and trying to be professional right. all the time. Whereas when someone put forward that idea, what it, what would have been best for society is if I had turned my head, like whipped my head around and been like, "The fuck did you just say, mm-hmm. moron?" <laughs> like <laughs> Someone needs to be in the room being like, you're an idiot, right? Don't say dumb things around me. Mm -hmm. The bullying would be good for everybody. (laughs) Every,
2: every meeting needs an idiot sayer. That's just there to like relatively gauge how dumb ideas are.
1: Yeah. Just to give you the eyes, Mm -hmm. just little, little, uh, eyebrow raise at you. And it's, you're you're right. That's dumb. A
0: disappointed look.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I had to, no, you know what, I'm dropping that story, but uh, I'm surprised you uh, found this movie hard to find, EJ, because I was looking at its Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. score, I, I like to do that, and uh, it had an 88 critic score. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Uh, <laughs> and you think? I, I, well, I, I thought the movie was terrible, oh. so, you know, up to you, but <laughs> 78 audience score too 88 and 78 so that's a well-scored movie and i thought it should have been 30 seconds long right, so
2: <laughs> yeah i think that's a terrible take not gonna lie i think yeah, your opinion on the film is just absolutely wrong yeah and yeah, sure, and i sure. think sure. i think we can safely say this right out of the gate that you're probably biased because your attention span was not there
1: no, I definitely was dying by the end of it. We started it too late at night. Too. That's like, that's uh,
2: also definitely plays into things. You were you were just falling asleep by the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I did enjoy much. it when we were like seven minutes in, and you talked. You just went. I don't understand what's happening because this is different than the first scene.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it. Uh, I was lost. It definitely requires, <laughs> uh,
2: uh, like some mental gymnastics.
0: It does. Yeah.
1: And oh really? I thought it was really easily followable not, the whole
2: time. Not <laughs> like like it's easy to follow, right? But you have to kind of you have to take things in context. You have I to don't you understand. have to you have to be to 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 give an example, right? There's a lot of scenes that do just jump from one setting to the to the next. One thing happens, and it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't. It's not like perfectly connected mm-hmm. uh whereas in modern media and modern film they would take the time to show you little snippets to guide your eye and be like this is how they got there or you know this is why this happened whereas this film's just like no this is what happened and then this is what happened and those are the two important things you need to know in the middle part doesn't matter so i'm not going to show you
1: yeah maybe uh I, i'm definitely being accused of being a lesser consumer of media <laughs> but the uh Anyways, the, uh... oh, don't lose it, Jake, have it. Uh, no, I, I didn't find it uh, hard to follow throughout the movie. I was lost the first five minutes because it had that huge opening spectacle that I really liked mm-hmm. with the, that I described at detail already. Mm-hmm. And then it jumped right into the uh, the assassination scene, which was just like some kind of, you know, light soiree party thing uh, in some High rise building, mm-hmm. right, and there was not a lot of explanation, so I was I was lost for about ten seconds, the first ten minutes of the film. Yeah. But I, uh, by the time the uh, the CIA asset, the the Parallax Company guy was talking to the dude, I knew how the movie was going to end. I knew he was dead. I knew that he was in too deep, and that the the CIA had found him and they were going to kill him. You know, mm. so I I I don't think there was a lot that I missed in this movie. I mean, I I had figured out. You know, forty-five minutes before it ended. I, you think it was a CIA guy? The Parallax uh, Company guy is definitely part of the government. You think? For sure. Yep. Interesting.
0: What do you think, Julian? I I thought it was a totally private power that was operating under contract from whoever was offering contracts. Could be the CIA, but
1: it's the government masquerading as a private power so that they can escape the scrutiny of being a public power. Could be. Could be sounds really similar to the old Oswald Mosley uh setup yes. to be honest too. And that's that's an important yeah. thing to
0: remember with this movie is that it you know was like what not not that long after the JFK assassination, really.
1: Uh 11 years. Um yeah.
2: that's still fresh in the public mind. Much more fresh the, than uh, it is now.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh what's called the Warren Commission, I bet you came out like a year or two before that too, uh-huh. the the one with the magic bullet.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but, you know, the CIA, when they're recruiting assets or they're referring to the CIA amongst themselves, they always refer to the CIA as the company. You know that, right? Like, the mm-hmm. uh, th- that a private power could masquerade as, uh, sorry, that the government would masquerade as a private power. It does it all the time. Oh, yeah. It, they use so much, they use tons of a, cutouts and
0: just like shells to hide their operations.
1: Yeah the uh, the SR seventy one Blackbird right the the titanium on that was uh, harvested from the Soviet Union using about a dozen different shell companies that uh, set up in the states and said they needed a little bit of titanium to do this or that you know what I mean and then they had a fucking giant jet
0: <laughs> yes um that uh, yeah so the move, that high rise by the way ahead. was the Space Needle. I- I hope that was apparent. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah, they were on the Space Needle. <laughs>
2: the Space Needle in Seattle.
0: Which I think is a oh, little nod yeah. to, you know, where where our future lies. Or, yeah, I'll leave it at that.
1: What do you mean our future? Just our future lies to the Pacific? I don't understand. No, like that
0: was a new building at the time and, you know, a uh, lot of fanfare.
1: It's, you know, still very futuristic looking today, but. Oh, it's, it's a very new world order. Type yeah. Looking government, I see. You're really conspiratorial. Uh, I just think there's
0: a lot of rich symbols in the movie.
1: Yeah, I see. If you,
2: um, and I don't know how much you two are paying attention to this, but the cinematography in that film just astounding. <laughs> the I'll use admit- of the use of light and framing, in a lot of the shots, mm. just really thought provoking.
1: Um. I don't even know what that means, but I did notice while I was on the uh, Wikipedia page that they had a very famous cinematographer run it. Yeah, Gordon Willis. Willis. Good old Gordon. Big name. Nice. Um, Does it mention I, any other of their work? Uh, yeah. Give me a sec here. Career.
0: Yeah, just to start taking everybody through the plot as we cover this. Uh, there's. There's a big assassination at the top of the Space Needle. Some senator eats it. and The
1: Godfather. What? Yeah. Um, wow. Sorry, I'm, I'm talking about Gordon Willis Oh, here. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ, DJ wanted to know his uh, discography. Sorry, filmography. And uh, The Godfather, all of them. Wow. Um, looks like... Uh, Sounds about right. The Yeah, not many other big names here that I recognize, but I'm sure they're huge. Still still the godfather. Yeah, like, it's yes, known yeah. for very cinematic shots.
2: Yeah. I, I think to just, to, to meta cut in on Julian, I think it's important to note that this senator is very overtly, within the first five minutes, very uh-huh. overtly referred to as an independent. Yeah. <laughs> which I, I think for the sake of the plot is really important to stress.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Yeah really why is that important well, i don't just just on connection. your
2: on your case alone of that it's a cia op the fact that the yeah. cia op is looking at an independent candidate and going mm, you're not playing by the rules we got to get rid of you
1: i thought they left the whole why they're killing it very amorphous like it wasn't so much you're not playing by the rules or you're a threat to our actual power mm-hmm. but like Actually, it is kind of like you're not playing by the rules, but like more sick rules, like you can't keep a secret about whatever sex acts we're getting up to. Yeah. I was I was a little confused as to who they were killing, too, because they had that huge list uh, and the the was it a woman or a young man? She was very concerned that people were dropping dead mm. and she couldn't figure out why they were dying and who was dying or who was killing them. And it, Did you say uh, a woman very... or a young man? Yeah, I have no idea. That was the it only woman just... in the
0: whole movie, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah they, i thought it was one. a woman there's another
0: <laughs> is there
2: although the film definitely isn't passing the Bechtel test <laughs>
1: the Bechtel test but yeah.
2: on on your note julian do you do you want to get into that in your uh plot summary into the reason uh, why
0: oh yes so there's an assassination at the top of the space needle our our main character joe is unable to get to the top because i don't know i guess he's um, a bad boy journalist, and they don't want him up there. He forgot his ribbon. Uh, Joe's too slow. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, an assassination happens. His assassin gets thrown off the top of the space you needle, know, which is pretty cool. And then yeah, because three years later, Joe is um, having a rough go of it as a journalist. He keeps getting in trouble with the police. I guess they don't get along very well. And then yeah, this woman comes back to him. There's a little bit of tension there. I feel like they must have dated in the past or something. I don't know not clear yeah
2: it's kind of implied that they were exes of some sort
0: Mm -hmm. but she's like oh no six of the 18 people at the top of the space needle have died mysteriously and somebody's trying to kill me you've got to do something he's like no you're you're crazy you're being a woman
1: oh like okay so the people that the company was killing were people that were just at that assassination that's all they had done i had completely missed i believe why why they were being killed it was
2: specifically the reporters at that event. Oh, that had, oh, okay. whether or not they had That's... witnessed it, they were reporters right. that had attended the event and they were being targeted.
1: That cements me that the, the parallax company is the government because uh, it ties in with that image of them talking about, we're not taking any questions and this, these are the facts as they mm-hmm. happened, right? If they're mm-hmm. not talking to yeah, reporters they're, literally they're eliminating... killing them, it kind of, it kind of just jives. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're they're <laughs> really just getting rid of the information itself, just scrubbing it clean.
1: hmm
0: Yeah. Then uh, she turns up dead immediately in the next scene, and uh, yeah, Joe takes on the task of exposing what's happened here, and you know maybe trying to save his own life. Like, he yeah. Doesn't know what if was he's in it? Jeopardy.
2: What was it that she got in like a car accident or something?
1: I hmm. Believe so. I it means... doesn't really matter. Yeah. They all died suspiciously. Yeah. Let's put it that That's way. That's
2: kind of a big is it all they're all like framed as accidents or natural causes or something.
0: hmm That's seven out of eighteen now, so
3: ooh.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Um Yeah, where do we go next?
2: Joe Joe starts going, huh. Okay, maybe there is
1: something fishy here.
0: Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so Joe is this investigative journalist, and he's just going crazy, right? And he's uh, completely lost it. He's like a method actor who's lost his identity, and he's in too deep here. Well, not yet. You describe him.
0: Not yet. No? At the, no, at the beginning here, you're right. It does get fishy. He, uh, he goes to Maine, I think, in mm-hmm. search of somebody else who is on this hit list and uh, is not able to find him, but there's a great bar fight scene. I really enjoy that.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, that's where yeah. the other woman is. Oh yes, that's a good point. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely not passing him back Delta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, he's got kind of he runs in with the law there. He then there's that scene at the dam that I think we all really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, this cop double crosses him, and you know the dam's opened up and water's spilling down, and he's standing in the river because he was just enjoying some fishing. Joe is. And the cop takes his gun out and points it at him, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm gonna just like make you disappear, make it look like an accident." Mm. I uh, I really enjoy the dam as you know a symbol possibly, just representing Why? the power of the hydroelectric company. Hmm. And it can be, it can be leveraged in this way by the state or a corporation just to murder people. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and also as a means of the withholding of energy. Mm -hmm. As a, as a.
1: Right, I forgot about that whole sheriff scene. He he, uh, escapes that sheriff. Does he kill him? There's a scuffle. I don't think the sheriff dies. Sheriff drowns. And then he's. I'm pretty sure. he drowns, right? And then he steals that cop car, and then there are just like never any consequences for that. Like the the whole state apparatus doesn't turn that around on him and just hunt him down. You know, I mean, it's kind of weird. <laughs> well, they,
0: they, DJ, please.
2: They they do some hand waving there, right? Yeah. In in the, yeah. in the following when he's back in Seattle with his boss, and essentially the boss is yelling at him like, "Why the hell did you do this?" Because he comes back with all this kind of like evidence, and this is this is mm-hmm. I think at the point where he's he discovers that there's this parallax company yeah. and that there's hard something evidence. there's something kind of shady about this, this whole ordeal. Mm-hmm.
0: Hard the hard evidence that he takes from the sheriff.
2: So. Yeah. Right. So, so that's a big part. But, but the hand waving is that the sheriff and the deputy, and I think some other deputies were technically outlaws because yeah. they had mm-hmm. been, I don't know, embezzling or something. So the state was actually after them. So because he just beat their ass, they were like, uh, all right. Forget about it. Forget Pretty about sinister. it.
1: The, uh, the government was like, uh, these henchmen of ours failed. We'll just lock them up so that nobody looks into it so that we can kill this guy quietly. Yeah.
2: And and I mean, technically, I, I don't know. What what was what was the biggest theft there? Yeah, the, uh, buddy pulled a gun on him. So Joe's technically acting in self-defense, I suppose. The scuffle <laughs> yeah, in a no. river is just a scuffle in a river. We don't actually know if, if the sheriff co- drowns.
1: If a cop pulls a gun on you, surrender is my But advice. he's not a cop. But... See, that's the tricky thing. He's an yeah. outlaw. Yeah, was, when did he turn into an outlaw? When he drew the gun? I think well before. Or... Yeah, like three months yeah. prior. Yeah.
0: There's that, and yeah. I think Joe but... was using a fake name as well, so the state can't really do a whole lot. Yeah, Especially Joe's
2: Joe's pretty uh skilled at being
1: bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Maine, the Texas of the Eastern Seaboard. Um Yeah, okay, cool. So where are we so now? So where are
2: we now? Um I, I think from then it really just evolves into the whole Joe trying to find out more about the Parallax company, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the official shows up. He finds a test for the company that is like a multiple-choice test, like a personality test, mm-hmm. and it, it's supposed to weed people out of the population that have uh, dark triad traits is basically the way I'll describe, describe it, high levels of, psychoticism. And they're looking uh, – it's, it's meant to be implied that the Parallax Company uh, – Hires assassins this way by distributing these tests and then picking up candidates that they deem as you know useful Mm -hmm. or whatever. I thought that was pretty cool. I, yeah, this is is good. uh, It's interesting, certainly. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. I
2: you know, by the end of the film, when it happens, because he gets this he's got a buddy who's in psychological research or something, and they've got a patient and they mm-hmm. use the patient to do the test. And that's how Joe kind of gets on board is because mm-hmm. he has this mm-hmm. sociopathic patient who's, who's been, what did he do? He like drowned his mother or something. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, has him take the test and that's his, end. that's his end with the parallax company. But yeah, just there's there's a scene where they're reading over the questions and they're all very dark kind of diabolical and on top of on top of that being a good gauge of hey these people are willing to kill it also gave me the impression that the parallax company was low key seeding out people that were easy to manipulate agreed that, that would mm-hmm. make perfect
1: fall guys yeah yeah, no the uh, the girls. parallax. Yeah, I guess, but or theys. Know, not. Bec- it's the seventies. Dell test failed. <laughs> um, the parallax official, I don't think, was ever fooled for a second by our Joe uh, character. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he knew he was uh, not a not an assassin, but a scapegoat recruit, like you just intimated. Yeah, I, I, and I don't I, think, I think he, I don't point. think he
2: would have ever needed to know. I don't think it, I don't think any of that really mattered. I think they yeah, just really. kind of in that instance just need a body, some like I somebody they, to just point the finger at.
1: I think they need to know, and I, in fact, I think the uh, the CIA guy, the uh, the Parallax guy, when he went and got on the plane and planted that mm-hmm. bomb, I think that was a test to see if. Uh, who this joe guy really was they knew that he was following them they knew he was mm-hmm. there and they wanted to see what he would do basically right Like that's tasty probably wasn't even a real bomb
0: no the plane blows up it is a real what? bomb
1: well that's <laughs> the thing we never actually see
2: it we just hear an
0: explosion <laughs> okay i think i missed that uh, <laughs> i think we can i mean maybe not who knows this whole movie's ambiguous it's very ambiguous
2: <laughs> i think it does too but nothing you can say nothing for certain does that sheriff die i don't know does the plane blow up i don't know mm-hmm.
0: mm. yeah and i just want to make a nod back to that sociopath that they run the test on and Joe kind of draws inspiration from to get into mm-hmm. parallax uh i think it was jacob that said he has putin eyes I it was very <laughs> funny
1: <laughs> oh was that who that yeah. was <laughs> or... He did, he had fucking monster eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he had, uh, like I only said Putin eyes cause he had like the, uh, what's it called? The double lid right. that kind of mm. sits very heavy. Right. It looked similar. But on top of that, he had, uh, like glassy, not very focused fucking, um, directly staring ahead. Like not a lot of movement, not a lot of, uh, taking in of his surroundings that, mm. uh, I, I pride myself on my ability to, you know, nail somebody just to, by looking in their eyes, and that dude had violence in his <laughs> eyes, like. <laughs>
2: Which yes. kudos, kudos to the casters. Good job there. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I think on that note, I don't know. I, I, both of you will probably disagree with me, but I think the actor who played Joe did a really good job. Yeah, I agree. There were a lot of there were a lot of really subtle scenes where I'm reminded of of the the scene where the uh the recruiter first shows up yeah and there's some meta acting going on where Mm. joe (laughs) is trying to make himself seem more unstable than he really is yeah but at the same time there's these flickers of doubt when he's talking to the to the recruiter where he's he's second guessing himself you know you can see him kind of shifting his glance and looking uncomfortable while he's trying to put on this facade of just this hyper aggressiveness. Yeah.
1: It is hard to be a sociopath. It <laughs> yeah. is, it is a talent. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I do like
0: those scenes. And uh, uh, yeah. So just to recap the plot real, real quick, Joe sends in one of these surveys to get into parallax. Mm. They send a recruiter out to his house or Surprise. his like his cheap fake apartment.
2: Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: He's supposed to be dead?
0: He's supposed to be dead, yeah. He's already effectively faked his death by trying to talk to somebody else who was on the Space Needle that day. We're brushing past all that. That's that's a fun scene, but man, whatever. The boat blows up and Joe survives it. And then, uh, yeah, Parallax brings him out to their their main office. Their, hmm. their human engineering division, you see in the uh, building directory. Kind of gross, but Very interesting.
2: (laughs) That's another facet of uh, CIA PSYOP.
0: And then, uh, yeah, they sit Joe down in this big chair that captures his uh, sensory state, I guess. He puts his hands on some pads. And they bombard him with a big old montage.
1: That was a really weird scene. I was really (laughs) uh, confused as to what their objective was with that yeah uh, you introduced it as the clockwork orange scene uh, and i was really dis- disappointed that they didn't staple his eyes back as you must for a clockwork orange scene well um
0: yeah i mean it's it's not a one-to-one analogy because they're trying to gauge just, his impressions just, here instead of imprint something on him but
1: what was that what they were trying to do i thought they were trying to imprint no nope, for sure i don't think so uh,
0: i think they're just trying to see like how his heart jumps with various images or whatever
1: I see.
2: Yeah, I, I think if anything, we as viewers were maybe meant to be the clockwork worn scene. Because yeah. <laughs> in in that in that scene there's no character. All of these images yeah. just fill the screen. It's not as if somebody's watching. We are the ones watching. We are meant to be seeing these images and and digesting their meaning and ideally, I think coming out of it with a bit of disgust that yeah <laughs> that they're trying to oh, brainwash slash interpret other people with these
1: strung together images
2: mm-hmm.
1: no i i like julian's interpretation that uh, they're orchestrating right they're looking for a a guy who is so soulless and empty that the the images had no real connected uh meaning throughout right there was just anarchy and there was uh even contradiction within uh segments you know i mean that there was a relation of the horrific to the positive in uh, what's it called cause and effect ways that were reversed between you know a couple minutes within that scene Mm -hmm. right and so evil that they're fucking uh doing is not any evil on a person they're just trying to find someone who won't react to you know true neutral evil basically Mm -hmm. or uh neutral good neutral evil whatever that fucking middle one (laughs) down on the yeah yeah D &D fucking (laughs) tiktok toke thing is
0: and i i thought it was very funny i just want to add this in that a part of that montage uh fucking marvel's thor is in there mm-hmm. like the comic book character because i was around at the time yeah and uh yeah i think it's very interesting to see just how that little slice of the montage has become so much larger than life in uh you know our present moment
2: yeah because because they use that they they align that image with me yeah and so they're trying to I don't know gauge if this if an individual sees themselves as something larger than life
0: mm-hmm. hmm. yeah like oh are you are you the superhero we need
2: yeah yeah there's really? a. I. I. you I feel like you could do a solid 10 minute video essay on just that scene alone just okay. analyzing the various images and their connection and their meaning to the film at large
1: mm-hmm. here's the wikipedia line oh. on it it says the pictures that ju- juxtapose pro and anti-american attitudes that line leads me to believe that me and julian's interpretation is right on the money there that they're uh, it's just supposed to be anarchy just so that they can basically check your heart rate to see if you're a big enough sociopath that they can use you yeah i love that
0: that's really good it might be juxtaposed with intention
1: you yeah, know they're juxtaposed with intention so that there is meaninglessness despite all the horrific images that are coming at you i, I don't know and i, so I the, feel
2: like it could be the opposite that they're trying to see if you, oh yeah you're really excited by this by this collection by the of pro images. And by
1: the anti a yeah, strong maybe.
2: american state me the god me the savior my parents the bumbling idiot fools who came before <laughs> me and ruined the state how dare they
0: yeah yeah it's a uh... Yeah, that's another tasty part. There's a lot you can look at there, and explore, and then uh, and then we go into the back third of the movie. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which the uh, definitely we, the slowest we part. We did it out of order. He follows the guy. The guy puts a bomb on the plane. Oh, yes. the Plane arrives in Los Angeles. The plane explodes, and then he's confronted back in his fake apartment. Joe is confronted by this uh, Parallax official back in his fake apartment about his fake identity and that's uh, where I think I'll give it back to Julian
0: yeah so earlier in the movie Joe talks to his old FBI buddy and sets himself up with a couple fake identities Um, you know one so they can catch you and etc and then the second so that you still have a solid fallback and they won't be as careful on that one once they bust the first and that first identity is uh, a guy who just got, like, blackout drunk and possibly nakedly molested a lady in a laundromat. And mm-hmm. Joe's like, oh, yep. you know, that's not me. I'm not a sex offender. Uh, yada, yada, yada. I'm I'm just trying to find good work. That's why I made a fake identity. And, you know, his...
1: Yeah, so he, he, he gives them the second fake identity. Yep. I thought that whole scene was so eerie. That was the one I was referring to at the beginning of our conversation about the movie. That yes. The CIA... He sees through him in that scene, the CIA agent. You think right? so? he can, The parallax? You can see into his mind, yeah. Well, that's why he ended up dying at the end of the film, the Joe guy. He, that's where the CIA agent decided, yeah, I'm going to kill you, right? Like. I don't know. You can see him... It, I don't know
0: necessarily. I'm not sure necessarily. Hmm. He, uh... I mean, we don't know who pulls the trigger at the
1: end. Well, it's just a cop, right? He doesn't actually kill him, but he sets up uh, the situation that it is so hostile and dangerous that he's probably going to be killed, as he's assumed to be the killer of the senator, and then is hunted by these cops, right? It's uh, similar to that the first scene in the uh, the. Space Needle, whatever the star needle, yep. the uh, the the cops try and catch that guy, and they ended up throwing him off a roof. I laughed audibly when it <laughs> happened. I was like, I was incompetent, but you know what? It's actually understandable. That's a high tense situation. Accidents happen. Yeah. You know what I mean, and uh, the the instantaneous whatever instantaneous nature in which the uh, uh, Joe is killed at the end, it, it leads me to believe that it was an assassination. Like. Uh, the cinematography DJ was done I'm jumping ahead a little bit but uh, Joe goes to uh, try and stop this next assassination the assassination happens and then uh, he's hunted by the cops and uh, the last scene of Joe is he opens this door and there's this great white light with this shadowy figure uh, outlined in front of him and he's killed with a fucking shotgun. We're killed, the audience is killed with the shotgun. Yeah
2: it is. it fact. is a hard cut after that yeah. there's no there's no fade out and
1: you don't see Joe no, again you,
2: and that's that's another ambiguous thing like what actually happened to Joe What, what was there a was there even a, an autopsy how how gored was this dude why and, and, and that's why I find it hard to believe he got blasted by a cop because what is a cop doing running around with a fucking shotgun
0: yeah in
1: the 80s especially well the 70s actually the 70s. cops definitely run around with shotguns but um uh he, he's a fed mm-hmm. right he's a fed masquerading as a cop he might even be a cia uh masquerading yeah because
2: there was that there was that security detail we saw far earlier in that uh in that act mm-hmm. that yeah. were suiting up and they were clearly not security before they put on the little security badges they were definitely some sort of suited feds
1: Mhm. um Suited feds, suited feds. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought for sure it was. Uh, it's heavily implied that they were, you know, company assets. But even if they're not, right? This whole, the whole situation is set up so that they are. Uh, they have that plausible deniability that you know this. It's a tense situation. We didn't mean to kill them. We were trying to capture mm-hmm. them, right? It's, it's all. One removed from uh, responsibility, just the way the CIA likes to do things.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it it is important to note that by the end of things, you know, even Joe knows that Joe happens upon the idea that, oh crap, I'm being set up.
0: Yeah, and he's
2: he's desperately just trying to get out of the situation,
0: and Julian, it's tough to know when he realizes it but he I, definitely does put it together.
2: I think I, it's late. It's, it's too, too late. Really late. It's, it's way too late. Cause he hears the gunshot and he looks and it, he, that's the, that's the part where he's, there's this rifle on the ground and he goes, Oh, they must be, they must be going to shoot from here. And then the gunshot goes off and he goes, Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy standing over the gun and yeah. it's way too late. After
1: they paint, after they painted his hand red, that's when he figured it out. <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Just one thing I wanted to mention though, is Uh I found it was very interesting. And uh, I think it lends itself even more to the idea that all of these truths, I'm using air quotes, but you can't see them. All of these truths were presented with, especially uh, at at these board meetings, at these presentations are Mm -hmm. just super manipulated Mm -hmm. because by the end of things right we already mentioned it joe just gets blasted absolutely just shrek and uh
1: deer uh deer shot from like three fucking days he was his torso is no longer
2: part of his legs yeah his waist would just be gone (laughs) that's
0: Um, a closed casket
2: that's a close casket, but but that's a thing right it would be a close casket because In every other instance that this company that 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 all these fiddly bits have been fiddled. (laughs) Um the uh they've all been they've all been very carefully orchestrated. Ah, here's a natural death, here's an accident, here's this or that. But Joe's just straight up murdered. Joe Because he knows Because he knows. And but but by the end of the film, right? And and even to juxtapose it with the start of the film, that guy's lobbed off the top of the building he got into a scuffle with bodyguards
1: he, oops it was he is thrown off. The basically, though, basically thrown, right basically <laughs> you, you it, it's supposed to be a scuffle but they throw that essentially guy really right
2: in. and that's that's what it comes back to is that sure buddy falls okay you know hmm. kind of gray probably thrown yeah. kind of gray joe yeah. is just straight up killed but Executed. but by the time by the time things come to this interview yada 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 had anybody known had anybody even like seen that wasn't hushed up and said something about this Mm -hmm. that's no that's no accident killing that's no oops that's just straight up this guy got blasted and but it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. nothing none of this matters in the end the fact that Joe did all of this and got caught it doesn't really make a big deal because he chose to fight against somebody way out of his league yeah, and then just gets flicked off the chess table, <laughs> like a pawn
1: trying to fight a queen.
0: That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah. Then the uh, the next scene is the uh, after Joe is killed. It uh, flips back to the boardroom. Not the boardroom. It's it's what what is it? It's like a, a committee, a, a press room, a committee yeah. room is a great word. Um, Anyways, uh, and it, it Ouroboros is the story where you know it starts with the oh, one. Uh, sorry, it ends with the uh, beginning, mm-hmm. right? And the the committee te- saying there will be no questions. This is uh, the events as we have uh, found them. I, they described Joe as a misguided patriot and that he acted alone and killed the senator. Uh, I, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. I just loved it. I thought it, it was so cool. There, I was like,
0: there, there is absolutely no evidence of a conspiracy.
1: Yeah, absolutely no evidence of a conspiracy. That's so good. That's such a good line. Mm-hmm. Um, the way actually they they go more than that. They say, you know, this will probably not be enough for the conspiracy. Uh, what, what's it, what's the word they used? Hogs, and <laughs> pet peddlers, something yeah, like yeah. that, right? And they were like, um, but there was absolutely no evidence. Like that's so good and so on the nose, and um, it reminds me of this. Uh, thing from Roman history. I hope you guys would in, indulge me just for sure. quickly. Yeah. Uh, just, just a quick i I'm second. willing. So, the council allows you, it. <laughs> thank you. Uh, if you've ever seen any uh, movie, TV series, uh, read a book about Julius Caesar, most Julius Caesar uh, stories open with the same point in Julius Caesar's life. And it's right after uh, the man Sulla takes over Rome and is named Dictator, and he takes it from Julius Caesar's uncle, Gaius Marius, right? And so uh, Sulla is about to be a dictator for life, right? And Julius Caesar, who's uh, got his uncle, who's uh, who just was dictator, and his uh, father-in-law, who's buddies with the the old dictator, and Sulla brings him in and says, uh, swear loyalty to me or I'll kill you. And by swearing loyalty to me, you'll be divorcing your wife as well. And Caesar says, get stuffed, I'd rather die. And uh, he survives somehow, and that's the beginning of the yeah. story. But between that point in time and Julius Caesar taking over the the country, the two dictatorships, uh, there's about, I don't know, 30, 40 years in between those two events, right? Right. And the, uh, there's something in between called the Catiline Conspiracy. And the Catiline Conspiracy is just the coolest fucking, uh, least heard of thing in all of history. And, uh, this guy who ran for consul the year before, Catiline, uh, engaged in a brutal gang war, uh, with another, uh, senator named Manlius, uh, before, uh, Catiline was executed without trial, uh by the by the senate at the end of it Oof, right
2: that's that's got to be the manliest thing i've ever heard
1: <laughs> that that's funny um uh, Manlius, uh i thought i'm pretty sure this is right i could be wrong on this Manlius uh is descended from another Manlius who killed his own son for breaking the law crazy now that's manly Damn. uh yeah but anyways um the Cataline Conspiracy. I feel like, uh, you. Sorry, you might feel like you have all the information there, but there is no information on the Cataline Conspiracy, right? Like the the Senate took uh, records basically as they were doing all their debates throughout mm-hmm. history, and then there there's all these people who read those records. We don't have the the records anymore, but we have people who read them and their commentaries on them, right? right? And just over and over again, the commentaries are basically like, we have no idea what happened here, What, why he got angry, what what the uh, gang war was about, what the dispute uh, was about. Just nothing, right? And then Julius Caesar apparently supported this Catiline guy, and then C- Catiline was killed by his rivals. You know, uh, what Cicero? No, not Cicero. Doesn't matter. His rivals who he eventually defeats, right? And this... Republic that America bases itself off of, which has these conspiracies at the heart, which are just not un- unweavable, you know, un, uh, un- pull pull, uh, pull- part-able. Mm. They're their own Gordian knots, right? It's, it might be essential to the whole thing. But there are <laughs> these just fractious, factional gang wars that never end in the background. Secret gang wars. I don't know. I don't know. But the
3: yeah.
1: the way that the that it reminds me of the Cataline conspiracy is icky almost
2: very icky very gross uh i I think it's important to note that many of those gangs don't exist and they're just they're just you know cia saying oh no the bad people (laughs) ah and then a real gang shows up to like actually do something about it
1: sorry i was using a a turn of speech the gangs are the the political parties and the cia Mm -hmm. itself right like the uh uh here's a, a bit i've been working on recently the uh the optimates and the populares were the political parties in mm-hmm. ancient Rome, they, uh, and they were the main drivers of this huge gang war in the Catalan conspiracy. And optimates basically means Republicans, mm-hmm. right? And populares basically means Democrats, right? So they're basically just playing this uh, out again today, right? The, these massive gang wars hidden in the shadows of and masked by, you know, polite society, but... Yeah. It still goes on. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's just, uh, it is what it is. So they they they've got beef with each other, and it's never gonna, never gonna hash out.
1: Never gonna get it. Never gonna get never it. Never gonna hash that beef.
2: Never gonna, never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down.
0: Yeah. I am gonna push back on you guys just a tiny bit no. because I, Go ahead. I feel like, from this movie, you both glean that it is ultimately the state wielding power here through, yes, private cutouts. Uh, could be. And yeah, it, it's, it's pretty ambiguous, but that's that certainly a reasonable thing to take away from it. But I want to talk about the second last scene mm-hmm. and what goes on visually there sure. and how that maybe maybe suggests uh, private power is the ultimate whip hand and it wields the state. Mm-hmm. And it begins with, um, I think with oh. Jacob, you described it as uh, seven minutes of a guy walking down a hallway and... You're you're right. (laughs) It is a long scene, and it's. Can I? May I cut in for a moment, please? Yeah.
2: It that entire last act is nothing but the slowest, the the most gentle incline of tension, and as a sucker for a good slow boil, (laughs) holy shit! I was sitting there just gripping my legs. Ooh, ooh, baby, yeah. I know. When's it gonna happen?
0: I couldn't take my eyes off it. It's, it is delicious. So yeah, we're walking down hallways. It's, it's very geometric. There's a lot of straight lines. Um, Joe is like tailing somebody that he knows from Parallax or is from Parallax and following him into this, um, kind of very liminal corporate space. It is, you know, very much a, a private power and it's mm-hmm. no right. It's this massive building that they're walking through. And then it cuts to a marching band. And this marching scenario it's you know, it's not just background noise, there's somebody actually playing. There's this parade, or sorry, a marching band on its own, coming through this huge cavernous um I guess event space. Yeah, it's know, like an sure arena. It's yes. not it's not quite, it's not quite an arena because there's no seating.
2: Yeah, there's the table. Well, I, I get what you mean. There's no seating, but it's like, um, what, what, what do they call those at hotels?
0: Um, like a ballroom?
2: Yeah, like a ballroom. They have a more professional name that's eluding me right now, but sorry, do go on.
0: Yeah, it's like hundreds of meters, though. Like, why? Just empty it's space. Enormous. And my absolute favorite shot of the movie is... You, you, you get a look at the highway from outside this space mm-hmm. and you're just waiting for something. And we cut over there and we cut back, you know, we're looking at this huge cavernous space and cut back again. And this golf cart comes around a corner into this private space. Mm-hmm. And as mm-hmm. it does this mass, massive blast door, almost kind of very slowly seals behind it. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think visually that is the complete capture of the political system by corporate power, I think that's what he's trying to get at with that scene.
2: Yeah, just the just yeah. the slow, inevitable suffocation. Mm-hmm. It's important to note that in that shot, uh, the blast—it's it, hard to really note it as a blast door because it is just black, and yeah, it really it's... is just just closing off the
1: light bit by bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think our views are incongruous, Julian. I uh, I believe that the uh, the Corporate power and this and state power are interwoven very uh, meticulously, almost so that they they can't be distinguished. And so, um, yeah, I, I accept your view. Basically, I, I just identify it as state power, mm-hmm. even though I mean it's it it probably has corporate fortresses it marches from. The
0: state and capital really are the same thing, and it's you, know, you can't really separate. Them, mm-hmm. but...
2: I I think it maybe maybe in the point in the seventies which. <laughs> Which I think we should all take an aside here and say that there were many points where the three of us just go, "Excuse me, how much did that cost? You're doing what there? <laughs> no. Pardon? You got away with that? <laughs> um, but, but yeah. you know, at the time when this film is presented, that might not have been the case. There might have been maybe a little less hegemony between corporate and state that this film is That's trying to say. Uh oh, watch very out, true. folks this yeah. could be a thing. And now we're watching it and we're just going, oh, I can't tell the difference. Cause money owns
0: yeah. me. No, we're watching uh, the glass door close now as you know, all these monopolies kind of solidify and all these strikes are, you know, cropping up in resistance.
1: Here, here's something to sit on for the last bit uh, of this. Well, I've got, podcast. I've got one more
0: thing I want to say, but
1: okay, go ahead. Uh, but uh, actually I'm going to get mine out. The, uh, this movie came out in 74, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I bet you what was sitting more prominently than the Kennedy assassination in people's eyes, um, in people's minds, was the, uh, the Watergate scandal. Mm-hmm. Watergate was in 72, yeah. and it, it was still being investigated, actually, when this uh, movie came out. And uh, Watergate's one of those scandals that, you know, basically n- nobody can really <laughs> relay to you what mm-hmm. happened. And uh, on top of that, uh, I'm not really sure... Uh, if the the story that people can relay to you uh, is what actually happened, I, I think uh, Nixon was turned on by the uh, the CIA corporate alliance, basically that he he got too big for his britches, basically, and they were like, "Well, we need to take this guy out before he has his own real mm-hmm. power." Yeah, I mean?
0: that, yeah. Maybe maybe Joe is a stand-in for Nixon in that respect.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, I I I just think that uh, the view of the the state as this amorphous corporate entity uh, is more prominent in the time after Nixon than it would be after Mm -hmm, Kennedy. mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. You definitely make a good point there. Mm -hmm. Julian, your, your last remark here.
0: Uh, I just want to take what I said before, just one step further. And not only is the political totally captured by the corporate, but the political also just becomes a pageant. Like, It's just a spectacle to be observed. Like the sitting president gets up on stage there. He puts a recording of his speech on and he starts telling the guy about his golf swing. Like Mm -hmm. all of this is just for show. And, you know, the scenery, all those tables, the band on the bleachers really makes that clear.
2: Yeah. And I think
0: what gets Joe killed ultimately is he is engrossed in the spectacle like when that guy points him out and it's like, Oh, the shooter's up there in the rafters, I can see him. Joe is like leaning over the railing horrified because he's just seen the president get assassinated. And he's yeah. all like lit up because, you know, he's more easy to see there. Yeah. So you think the message yeah, could is be.
1: something like uh Go ahead.
2: I was just gonna say that I'm being much too naive, but in my mind, the reason he was doing that is because a guy just got blasted and there's a gun at his feet and he's kind of like, Oh shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it all all goes together.
1: That felt like a reach to me too, DJ. The, uh, but the spectacle is definitely an interesting, uh, concept, uh, society, the spectacle, what's who fucking wrote that? I have that on my shelf (laughs) somewhere. Um, but, uh, the uh i'm sorry but i don't know what your point is with it right like the uh what's the uh well, what's the insight you're trying to yeah, get joe the...
0: being killed by the spectacle you know that is a bit of a reach but it's a fun little reach the ultimate point though th- is reach. that uh um you know corporate power is the only power and it has reduced every other power specifically political oh, okay. just to a sideshow
2: he I really he's like too engrossed the... in democracy yeah and, and the fact that he's uh, like uh you you simpleton you boor you didn't play the stock
1: markets today dummy <laughs> yeah he, he's a child watching the kabuki theater and clapping yeah. his hands wildly Um mm-hmm. but the uh no I, I think that's great in fact i think of most uh nation states as just corporate entities right they all are set up yeah in fact uh organized uh basically as corporate entities with an and an executive and uh his advisory councils that he's appoints and then he answers to these shareholders Mm -hmm. citizens yeah and if only answers to them if he's fucked up (laughs) yeah
0: yeah if if you've got a central bank then you're under the yoke right as a nation yeah Mm
2: -hmm. that that do be how it do be Mm. Just just one final thing on on your mention Please, of pageantry, yeah, yeah. I I think it's really important to mention that uh, in the movies, Ouroboros, in its own nested story, that there is furthermore more Ouroborosing, oh, where yes. where the beginning of the film starts with the senator at a parade, and the end of the film also comes to a conclusion with the senator at a parade. Yeah. And uh, but but by that point. The, the juxtaposition is there, but the, but you can tell by the point how much more sinister that last scene is compared to, I'm sure if you go oh, back yeah. and rewatch it, and maybe Julian, because this was your second viewing, maybe you were watching that first scene going, oh, this is kind of, this is kind of yikes. Yeah. Just give no, me uh, creeps.
0: Honestly, I didn't catch the dual parades thing until you pointed it out. That is, that is very tasty. Another, another tasty oh. treat in this movie. I'm saying that a lot. But,
1: uh, Sorry to dra- drag this out. I also wanted to end with one last point, unless you had something. Yeah, no, other. we'll go a little
0: long. It's all good. I just want to mention though that first parade it very heavily features like Native Americans, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not really sure what that means, but I think it's very cool. I,
2: I think they were just trying to make it more believable. This is an actual parade. Whereas by the mm. end, they didn't need to make it. It was a it was a dress rehearsal, right? Yeah. So they really just needed the marching band there to put up that symbolism. Yeah, Sorry, Jacob
1: I I just wanted to defend my opening comment About how this would have been, made a great <laughs> infomercial And uh, what I meant was uh, It would have made a banger TikTok You know, you open with right. that uh, You open with the or Sorry, you open and end with the Ouroboros Of the committee council And then you do like a little Dark Age uh, music interlude Showing like flashes of the scenes throughout the movie And then you end again with the council that's a banger hey, TikTok, Maybe whatever. Maybe this is the era of the uh,
2: Parallax revival.
0: Yes. Yeah. Maybe we should launch a uh, left look TikTok, and that'll be our first. Yeah, our big head.
1: Yeah, that sounds like something we'll really Definitely. work on <laughs> <laughs> diligently. Uh,
2: yeah, I hear Charles rapping at the window, telling us to get on it as soon
0: as we can. Yeah, thumbs up. Good idea. Uh, yep. We love TikTok. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Well, hang on. Did, did you have any you
2: have any final thoughts uh, but, 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 uh, pretty good movie go check it out if you want uh it's it's yeah. slow though I get what jacob means it's definitely like a, <laughs> it's definitely boring especially by modern standards so yes. no shade there but I really love boring shit so <laughs> jazz hands it's
0: yeah if i i was just engrossed by it first and second watch mm-hmm. it's unlike anything else today
2: yeah really just uh yeah that's that's very aptly put
0: yeah, Jacob, do you have any any final thoughts you'd get? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs>
2: summer's coming, folks.
0: Summer's coming. Jacob, stop recording. Bye, everybody.